welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 7, Proxy Authentication Required. Aaron, what do you think of this episode? I I actually been dreading you asking me this because oh. uh, I like a lot about this episode. In fact, I like a lot about this episode so much, it makes me really question the stuff I don't. Um, so like, if I was going to say that I like all the cinematography... I like the acting. I majority like the writing. I really enjoyed the twist and what it does to me as an audience member and what it does to uh, the protagonist of the show. Um, and I like it so much, uh, this confrontation of his, his uh, childhood trauma with the sexual abuse of, of his father that I'm kind of annoyed about some of the flashier art, like the synchronized thunder crashing and the ominous music cues and... Mm in this insane sequence between Krista and Elliot, I got Vera circling around every 45 seconds. Get it, dog! Yeah! Like, it was really... That that stuff was really distracting this episode, and right. I'm I'm not sure... But, but, you know, obviously, this is a really amazing episode without commercial interruption. It's almost like a little art house film unto itself. But there again, that's... This was a great story... I felt like it's it, it was it, it was really gussied up more than it needed to be. The act title mm-hmm. cards, all that stuff was so artificial that it got in the way of what was a really raw and amazing core. What did you think? Uh, I think this episode was great. I like all the things that you like about it. I guess I don't have the problems. I was a little confused by um, what they were getting at with, you know, the the act title cards and and the shutting off the lights and all that stuff. But I went online and I was looking and people were saying, I mean, I'm not a stage play kind of mm-hmm. guy. I've seen one in my life. Uh, this is very reflective of uh, stage play. It, it's it's very Hitchcockian. It's very um, very much like you would like you're sitting in a theater watching a stage play and i i i think i mean obviously that's what he was going for but like what it you know what meaning that has to the episode as a whole i don't know but it the the style of it was not bothering me um this is it, it made it feel a little more intimate i think mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, when they talk about bottle episodes, this is what this yeah. is a classic example. You've got what five, six people, yeah, uh, one set, two rooms, uh, that you don't leave it except for the the mm-hmm. trunk scene in the beginning. Uh, and I, you know, there's it's some things I really admire about that. It's just that I don't know. It's, I'm I'm thinking like this is kind of the fly episode of Breaking Bad, but what if Vince had put title cards? in every in front of every commercial break Mm -hmm. and what if you know every time uh walt said something pretending to the death of jane like an equipment buzzed and exploded in the background it's like it didn't need any of that artifice and at some point if you don't need it to tell something emo to 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 get uh, uh you know to convey the emotional bandwidth then you know is it extra? Is, is that stuff that should be peeled back? I don't know. Is like, should this be a minimalist episode? Should it be a maximalist episode? I feel like when you, you're 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 handling something this potentially um, uh, a kind of unprecedented or you know untraveled ground in television, where you're talking about the nexus of like mental illness and child abuse and sexual trauma um, and therapy. 
you don't you you shouldn't layer on a bunch of icing on that cake but yeah. uh, you know I, I i feel like i'm the minority view in that but it's just every single time especially the second time i watched with the lightning crashing and the thunder rolling and uh yeah, yeah the 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 minor chords jumping kind of going for a kubrickian the shining kind of thing but it just didn't quite get there because the you yeah. know um uh Kubrick didn't do that the shining stuff in in, in like uh Doctor Strange Love and mm-hmm. I feel like there was a little bit of the shining in this episode and I don't know like I guess I can see the if Sam Esmail is going for this is kind of a horror tale but I don't know I, again mm-hmm. I just thought yeah, it was distracting the fact that. that I'm trying to figure out like what the hell was you know was he just underlining points that I didn't feel like they, yeah and I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to do the thing where I have to explain my criticism for 15 minutes and make it seem like <laughs> I hated the episode when I really didn't and these are just I liked it so much I'm like God could it have been better and and my I think yeah oh. I would love to see edited this with all that stuff stripped away Okay. I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought the, the lightning crashing, like all of the, the storm building was appropriate given the storm that was building in the plot of the episode. Um, and to me, it really just all kind of was of a piece. Um, mm. It all brought me into it even more um, yeah. as opposed to sort of like what what it seems like happened to you as it brought you out of it. Yeah, uh, I will give you like Vera, you know, strutting around going, come on, dog, let's fucking get to the point here. Yeah. On that twenty-four carat, yeah. this therapy raw dog. You're like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. At some point, that's a little distracting, but it's supposed to be. I mean, like in those scenes, yes, it's distracting. Like he's disruptive to the whole process, and when it's only when you know he finally like just settles down, steps back, and mm-hmm. and you know stops interfering yeah. that Elliot uh, can actually get to. Or you know he he also pulls out the files and, yeah. and he stops. Uh, just interjecting nonsense and yeah and he's, he's, he's also the you know he's the stick in the situation he's he's mm-hmm. applying the pressure with, without yeah. him being there this conversation wouldn't happen so i, I kind of oh yeah i mean it's hilarious that that he, he's this dog kind of nipping at their heels anytime things kind of get slow or whatever but i just uh yeah. you know it, it it did it did bring me out a bit and i wonder if there wasn't some techniques they could do to to minimize it but what i think uh i i read in many places this is like the perfect episode with like over ten thousand votes on IMDb. Oh yeah, it has a ten ten point rating. Yeah, and it's like the second highest rated episode of yeah. television ever. Yeah, so like some cl- clearly, show. clearly, this is a quality episode of television. And I yeah, okay, I so it's fantastic. So now, now let me heap on the praise because in isolation, I have some quibbles about how you know Esmail decided to get the highlighter out and highlight some things. But is this as this fits in the story of Mr. Robot, I thought it was incredible how like in real time I was mentally going back over every interaction I knew about uh, Elliot and his dad and thinking, holy shit, this mentally ill kid that was such a bastard to his dad when he had cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he, he's now uh, all, all of these things where it's like he's talking about opening up a computer store and he's letting him slide on stealing money and he's taking him to movies that are probably not age appropriate. Like this seems like classic grooming behavior. Mm-hmm. And it also highlights the plight of children stuck in the situation and, and why so many people don't believe children when they're in the situations because like we were the audience we were the neighbors that just saw like what a great dad he was and you know how man elliot's really a troubled difficult child and we never thought like holy shit maybe there's something 
you know, maybe we should just believe that it's this kid that's traumatized and he's pain and he's angry. There's like a fucking reason for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way kind of judo flipped me as an audience member and made me think about all that stuff and, and, uh, you know, makes me think about, you know, Elliot's relationship with his family all around. And uh, I I thought that's, if I, I, I wouldn't even be mad if this is the flip of the flip or the reveal that uh, S male was talking about, like, you know, we think he's talking about the third personality. He's actually talking about this sexual abuse because, like, yeah. clearly this has been you know, this has either been layered from the very beginning it or has. or yeah, from the first scene. It, I think it has to either that or like he did the he's trying to pass off the mother of all strip mining from the past to build the present. Like we talked about and like like he was just watching his own show and realized sometime yeah. right, 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 writing season three. Holy shit. Look what I've got here. <laughs> like there's that's the only two options and either one of them are, is, is, is amazing. So, yeah, uh, like what this does for Mr. Robot is, I think, uh, uh, depending on, you know, how the next what five episodes go or whatever. But mm-hmm. um it seems like it's it's it, it could be completely altered landscape of the show. Yeah, I think it's amazing how it recontextualized all of the stuff we've seen before, but in but in a very specific way, like revolving around a character that's already been completely recontextualized in the first season. Like they've already taken Elliot's dad and made a huge twist on that. Mm-hmm. Now they've done it again here in season four. It's kind of amazing that they can take the same character. Yeah, uh, that we get. Do we get any actual interaction with with Elliot's dad in this series? We don't know at this point because the the barrier between like the the difference between Elliot's dad and Mr. Robot is uh, a hair's width here. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know where one begins and the other ends. Like, yeah, the the, the idea I I'm very much questioning like the idea of whether Mr. Robot actually reflects anything about Elliot's dad at this point mm-hmm. because he was a he was a. It seems like he was the person created to be the dad that his dad should have been, the one that right. would protect him from threats. Yeah, and it, it almost makes me wonder if, like, if, uh, maybe this is kind of my own headcanon here, but I am, I'm thinking, like, Elliot's dad was nothing like Mr. Robot, and Mr. Robot is actually shaped more on the owner of the computer store, uh, which kind of drove, you know, Elliot to get into computers, and, like, it could have spawned his entire personality, right? Like, the idea that Mr. Robot and Elliot could be sort of feeding off of each other in that way. You don't think his dad is the same person who owns the Mr. Robot store? I don't know at this point. Hmm. I'd, I'd have to go back and watch those episodes again where they, yeah, they I mean, introduce I, that. I guess I'm trying to resist the temptation of like throw everything out that we know. Like mm-hmm. that like I'm 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 guessing that the show hasn't ever lied to us. Mm-hmm. Um except for the times where it's already told us that it's lied. Like but, but we've when... misread so much is my point. True. Like, yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, when he when he sees photographs of himself and his quote unquote father happy together is that Mm -hmm. because he's seeing a different face on that body and he's he's seeing the personality that he's created in his head as mr robot is he is he like would darlene recognize their father in that photograph as looking like mr robot i don't know because it's this also is um i I thought a lot about that michael jackson documentary that came out was it that this year is this like the world's longest year i think that okay so yeah i'm getting vigorous nodding from the production booth that uh, it was this year uh, and you know, one of the things is like all these pictures of like them smiling with Michael Jackson while this abuse is going on. And you mm-hmm. realize that like, 
you know, these people love their abuser and the abuse is only happening a fraction of the time that they're together. And, you know, one of the things that seems like his dad did was, you know, use instances of leniency or like, oh, well, you're ready for this adult thing as a way to bond with Elliot. Um, and also, it seems like his mom's a real piece of shit, too. Like she was abusing mm -hmm. him and like burning him, putting cigarettes out in his arms and shit. That like he might have very well seemed like you know the good parent, and so like I don't have any problem thinking that Elliot would smile at pictures of his dad, but also still have this giant pit being dug out in his chest all the while it's happening. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't pretend to know the the ins and outs of the psychology of children's survivors of sexual assault, but like it seems like this is consistent with with uh with what can but but that's the other i guess uh criticism i have which i don't even know is a criticism is like the psychology of this show is so out there like i think these kind of split personalities are almost like a science fiction concept um hmm. um and some of this like rep like what they're playing with, with like repressed memories and and also just like this is not clinically sound practice what's happening here in this episode oh, of course like, yeah you don't usually do therapy that. Like, krista's, krista's insisting upon that but it's like <laughs> one of those things where it's like i really like the story they're telling and i think there's a lot of elements that are grounded in you know reality and it felt real to me but then there's a lot of things that are so far out there and, and dramatized that like mm. i don't i i i think there's a temptation for people to watch an episode like this and be like ah oh, i get it okay uh, let's get into the episode. Uh, let's talk about the title first, Proxy Authentication Required. Very much felt like, uh, so, so this error is when, uh, you're trying to log in or you're trying to connect to a server, but there's a proxy in between and you don't have the authentication credentials. Uh, very much felt like what Mr. Robot is doing here, mm -hmm. being the proxy between Elliot and his repressed memories, uh, and, and Krista and the memories and everybody the memories uh so pretty apt name uh let's get into the recap some housekeeping for this week over at swizzbold.com cecily and i are debuting one weird trick it's cecily and i's new lifestyle and advice podcast we do a bit of an intro then give some advice on dealing with nosy co-workers and losing your religion on pickle me this are you a private pooper if so this week's episode of rick and morty is for you check us out at pickle me this on Bald Move Television, Alexis and Cecily are covering his dark materials, a.k.a. that one HBO show where the creepy menacing chick just can't stop spanking her monkey. Also, Jim and I talked to Mandalorian last week. Check it out. Bald Movie is a really busy time. Last week, we talked about Ford Ferrari, a very masculine macho show. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Can Aaron make it through without sobbing like Donald Glover being sung the Reading Rainbow theme by LeVar Burton? Find out on the Bald Movies feed. And of course, we're still getting weird with The Watchmen over on We Do. If any of these podcasts sound interesting, just go to baldmove.com and check them out or search for the show name wherever you listen to your podcasts. We start off with Act One, big fat title card there. Uh, Elliot's in the trunk and Vera has him brought to Krista's house and tells him a story about a shaman who showed him where his home is and how he can get back there. Spoiler alert, it's New York and he can get back there by turning Elliot into his partner. Uh, before Elliot agrees to anything uh, to go along with Vera's plan, he demands to see that Krista's safe, and Vera agrees to that but says he'll want his own introduction afterward, very ominously. Uh, and and Vera is smoking uh, meth or crack or something all the way through this whole episode. So I, I don't know how you function. I really don't. 
tolerance, I guess. Um, if Mr. Robot's to be believed, he's a crazy meth head who thinks he's Deepak Chopra. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the other thing. Yeah, these guys smoke in meth and are still like being able to hold this like kind of like uh, I don't know, intense psychological conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of information in here about Vera um, and sort of what he's been up to and how he sees himself and his goals and such. And I think a lot of it is interesting. Um, I like the shaman stuff. What I'm not so sure about is his ability to take over the entirety of two countries. Yeah. In 87 days. I mean, this is, this is why I invented the <laughs> phrase tot dab, right? Like uh-huh. the idea, the only reason, this this time frame exists because the show has taken place over this time frame. Right. Like I would love to know what he means by owning the Dominican Republic. Um I would love to know what he means by that because like 87 days is maybe enough time to violently take over someone else's drug distribution and kind of mm-hmm. like that's still str- but like you really got the cops already, the politicians like Yeah. The military, it's like all these other powerful institutions, you can you, you you can worm your way into them in like less than eighty-seven days. It 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 seems unrealistic, but then again, the show has to have it that way, right? They, they do, yeah. Um, the, there's a lot of stuff about Vera that seems like well, the show needs it to be this way. Also, Vera's just uh, crazy. Like the idea, like like there's several sure. t- points in the, this episode where the various aspects of Elliot's personality. Uh, stand up to him and say like you're delusional you don't right. have like your um your your reach far exceeds your grasp like there's you're just not capable with this meth pipe of doing the things that you want to talk about it's, it's not even in my mind it's not even that his reach uh exceeds his grasp it's more that he doesn't even understand the reach and the grasp he needs uh to to accomplish he, he doesn't even understand what what the grasp means like he's and and I think that's why when it doesn't bother me a ton when they say oh yeah I took over the Dominican Republic in Haiti in eighty seven days he took over a neighborhood maybe <laughs> he took it over in his own definition yeah. which which is obviously small minded is obviously not legitimately taking over the country you know uh-huh. he says oh I got politicians in my pocket he probably had some dude on a city council and was like fuck yeah I got the government baby right. Like, and and he used to, he was essentially treating him like Stringer Bell. If he'd stuck around right. the island, he would have like been taken for a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can almost believe that in his own mind, Vera would say, "I took over these two countries in eighty-seven days." Yeah, yeah. But that and I think reveals, we're supposed to realize that by the end of this episode. I think so because he's just not prepared to do the things that he he needs to do. Yeah. Uh, there's some really good stuff in here. Uh, this episode has its moments of surprising comedy. Like when he's talking about the shaman experience, he drinks the liquid and he, he's shitting and he's puking back and forth. And then. Plus it's a mixture of the red blood and the titty milk. (laughs) milk. (laughs) And later in the episode, which is hilarious because, uh, Mr. Robot calls back to this and he says, like, if this is really your plan, you need to go back to that shaman and keep shitting because you're <laughs> full, still full of bullshit. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really it's, good. Ah, oh, so fucking good. That's the best line of the episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he kind of portrays himself as, you know, being this extraordinarily successful gangster who has taken over two countries and then when he got everything he wanted, he fell empty. So now he's got to come home and the shaman... 
you know, over the course of his uh, trip, kind of made him understand that home is New York and the thing that he needs here is Elliot. And and it kind of neatly explains why he's back. I think, like, the idea uh, that he's professed in previous episodes about, oh, I'm going to make Elliot my partner, It, I'm glad to have this context mm-hmm. because even if he's delusional, it, it sheds some light on what he's thinking. It is interesting because there's this question where I think the show knows it has to have an answer and it gives one that seems reasonable but doesn't stand up to scrutiny is when, you know, Elliot's like, why... Why, why did you look for me two months ago and you've been biding your time? It's like, I had to prepare, bro. And I'm like, well, how have you been preparing? Because yeah. like, what you did is snatch Krista on, on, on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Like, did that require two months of planning? Does, I mean, I know, I maybe. Maybe I think he was the looking guys, for the bat, is what he was looking for. So he was just having his people follow every day and they never. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe he was looking for. Yeah, what's the thing that's actually going to turn Elliot? Because if he goes there to Elliot, his sister, nothing there with any of the other. I mean, he's already done this to Elliot, right? He's yeah. already like tried to muscle Elliot yeah. and it didn't fucking work. Yeah. Like Elliot. Yeah, I was just saying that, like, that. I they they did address it, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is as, as satisfying as it needs to be. But um, yeah, I'm thinking like, yeah, why, why, and and if you're. If you're Vera, what point did the introduction two months ago to Darlene's sister make? You know, mm. like like why it's kind of like yeah. you know if you got the element of surprise is something you could use, but before you have a plan and you know what you're going to do, and you but you but you're self aware enough to realize you need a plan, you're just going to be like, hey, looking for Elliot and ghosting for two months to do yeah. a recon. Like it seems like you do the recon and then. And then just show up. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a psychological because he, he clearly thought a lot about his gangster psychology. So like maybe like that's part of the the preparation is putting in the back of Elliot's mind that hmm. jokes on you. His third personality kept it from him. So all that that's that's <laughs> right. All that psychology didn't work. Yep. Didn't work. Uh, Elliot got blindsided anyway. So there you go, you dumb fuck. All right. Anything else in Act One, or should we move on? Act, act two. two. All right. Act Two. Verite's- More shitting. And act two. More puking. <laughs> All right, act two, Vera takes Elliot to see Krista uh, and then demands to be introduced to Mr. Robot, and he has to threaten Krista until Mr. Robot takes over. Uh, Vera tries to psychoanalyze Elliot and Mr. Robot to figure out where Robot came from. Uh, Mr. Robot kind of takes over this conversation and steers it to Vera's nebulous plan to take over New York. After Mr. Robot thoroughly shreds that plan, Elliot offers to help Vera rob from money itself as he says, by giving him the cash he plans to steal from Deus later that night. Yeah, there's, um, I really like how he just like really p- effectively pushed back against Vera. It's like, oh, you want to be a drug dealer? Well, Pfizer and Lily have got you beat by billions, and yeah. if you ever made noise, they would rub you out. If you want to be a bit in real estate, buying the city is essentially just buying credit card debt. Mm-hmm. So you'll just have you'll just own <laughs> you'll a mortgage that you have to own to the bank. It's like... Yeah. Uh, you know, but but then this is like I think the one of the most fucking Sam Esmail things ever written. Uh, it's not about how much money; it's about robbing money itself. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I don't know what the fuck does that mean. Um, but I I started really thinking about like in this in terms of the hack, like what is the top point? What 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 is the statistic? Like the top one percent owns half the wealth in the world, something like Pro- that. Probably I don't know. It's um, it's a big number, sure. It, maybe it's a two thirds of the wealth in the world. Like, what would happen if you made that money disappear? Mm-hmm. Like, and how would you even do that? Like, like in the Joker, the dark, or in the Dark Knight, the Joker stacks this all up in a pyramid and lights it on fire. Yeah. Like, but that doesn't destroy the value. And I kept on thinking, it's like, well, how would you? 
how, how would that work if you just like if someone like transferred the top one percent's wealth into a private account somewhere and just absconded with it mm -hmm. like would that be as easy as undoing like a bit um because you're not destroying the value that's the thing like i think the people like you know that like freak out about you know money not being quote unquote backed by anything it is backed by things it's backed by mm -hmm. values of companies and homes and and dirt and oil and like if and you the government <laughs> yeah if you went in and hacked a computer to made all the barrels of oil in the world worth zero dollars guess what the they oil's still, still there they yeah. still have and that still has intrinsic value and like yeah. I, and so i'm like you're essentially erasing the score is all you're doing, right? Yeah. But but the people with connections and the people who own property are still own that stuff and still have those connections and they will reestablish their power and their dominance yeah. almost immediately. Yeah, it's like it's like if, if you went and like in the NBA finals or the Super Bowl, better example, five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, hacked the scoreboard to make it go zero zero. Yeah. Like 250 million people have been watching this game live. We know what the score was or can approximate it. Like this might cause chaos and it might take a while to figure out. And maybe that's it. That like White Rose, this Congo hack is so sensitive that like yeah. having all of her money disappear for even a day or two would fuck her over. But it feels yeah. like it's something more permanent than that. And I was just thinking like, oh God, I hope Esmail's got something that's going to make sense because you can't. <laughs> You can't just Rick and Morty this. You can't just set the the value of a dollar to zero, or you can't just like take all of White Rose's money and that's the end of the story. Because White Rose still has an army. White Rose still owns like all the governments of the world. White Rose has a tight right. grip on all the telecommunication systems. Like you, that's that's it, it's I, just like hacking the Super Bowl scoreboard. It's going to do nothing. Yeah, I really wonder if this show is going to end on. Uh, an uplifting note or if it's going to be kind of bleak because mm. like when, when I think back to uh, when Bobby Cannavale's character Irving took mm -hmm. uh, Elliot to that building and was talking or Tyrell to that was it Tyrell or Elliot which building looking at the building <laughs> where the, the rich were partying after the 5-9 yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like they didn't give a fuck right and and he said like basically there's nothing you can do to these people this 5-9 hack does does nothing mm-hmm uh, because of the things that we just talked about, all the in fact, all you're doing is have. setting them up to buy, uh, to, to rebuy all the things that everyone's lost. Right. Half uh, off. Look at look at the the crash in 08, Right. Uh -huh. Like the the real estate crash. Like uh -huh. half of the real estate that was taken from the people who were living in the houses was bought up by developers, mm -hmm. and it's just being fucking flipped or yep. now rented back to the people who couldn't afford to yeah. buy it in the first place. At double the price. Right. Like the people who benefit the most from these events are the people who have the money to capitalize on those mm -hmm. events yeah uh and and you know you take the money out of the equation they still have fucking connections they still have willpower uh the the the, the government willpower the favors the secrets corporate willpower right they they have all the advantages mm -hmm. all you're doing is resetting the scoreboard like you said and letting the people who have the intrinsic advantages run up the score in the next right, half. Right. That's like, oh, we were we we're beating your team forty-two to seven. Well, now it's one hundred and three to seven. Right. Yeah. Because so I, I wonder interest, if the end of the show interest on the points while we're figuring everything out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I wonder if the end of the show is going to be just that, where Elliot tries yet again to take the power back, and he's just he can't. He he's he's impotent. He's ineffectual. Because he doesn't have the same uh, power that these people have. Yeah. And in that, if that's the case, then I could see not even needing, you know, some kind of grand explanation. No, I mean, like, there's also a, a way. There's there's a way that could be uplifting. Like, you know, Braveheart gets his guts ripped out at the end of Braveheart. Sorry, sorry for the thirty year old spoilers. Uh -huh. um, but he he. Uh, 
he he inspires a generation of Scotsmen to to throw off the the evil tyranny of the I don't even know the like y'all are in one country now I'm sure I don't want to rip open any rip opening old wounds but yeah. you know what I'm saying like uh if because I think the message here is like okay if Sam Elliott's uh hypothesis is we're all essentially living in the company store mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh the boss says we got five dollars extra a week but oh man the can of beans just went up 4.99 shit um, there's no way any one person can be like, well, this is stupid. I'm not going to pay 49 for beans or I'm going to hack the label. So beans are a, a penny, or maybe they have to pay us 10 cents for beans because, because we're still living in the company store and the company yeah. can like, w- no matter what we do, like momentary prank or hijink, they're going to make things right. The only way you can do is get everyone together and say, yeah, you know what, co-op we're not working your minds. We're not yeah. buying shit from a company store. We'll 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 starve and burn our own hat. And and, mm-hmm. and so it can't be just Elliot and F society. All of society has to go and say, fuck this um, and, and unify. And I think that could be uplifting or not. Like, like, does Elliot inspire a revolution or an evolution or uh, like an honest brokering conversation in society or is Elliot going to suffer a maximum penalty and then we just go back to the way things are where it's like, hey, we're happy that yeah. beans are half price this 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 week. Thank God. Stock up on beans. Yeah. You know, uh, a, a downbeat ending can certainly be uh, a motivational spark for mm-hmm. people too. when, you know, if if they, they don't have to be shown a way out, but but if they're shown like a potential uh, awful future. That could also be uh, motivating. Sure. So, yeah, it could go either way. Uh, what else about this? I, I liked um, when Mr. Robot was talking with Vera where he he's like, I can't remember the exact conversation, but his line about I am the gun uh, very much struck me as like being A, more powerful than this aluminum bat that uh, Vera keeps talking about, but also... It, it connects Elliot and Vera with this metaphor, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Robot is Elliot's bat and, and shield, you know. He's, he's a lot of things to Elliot, but one of the things is he's his bat. Uh, he's the kind of the instigator of 5-9. Like, he pushes Elliot uh, to do things that are potentially good for him, you know, at least in Mr. Robot's judgment. And I think Vera very much like is they're kindred spirits in a way like you get over the course of this episode that there's they have a lot more in common than you thought they did uh when we first met them yeah i can buy that uh let's go on to act three okay start off with elliot showing vera the amount of cash he's about to steal and they they freak out over this uh he uses that as a distraction to pull the gun from his bag unfortunately the bullets have been removed by vera's goons uh, Vera's pissed that Elliot tried to kill him and he decides he's going to kill Krista, but he changes his mind when Elliot says he needs her because he reads that as her being his shine. crash of thunder. Come on. Yes. More thunder. Uh, we, we were questioning, I think in the previous episodes, whether Elliot still had the gun from the van. Still has picked it. Up. Still has it. Uh, I was really going to call bullshit too. If there were bullets in that gun. I, I was prepared. I saw that gun. I'm like, are you kidding me? They didn't check his bag. But you, I then, can almost buy it because they're they're, they're all competent, meth. <laughs> but like to a point, you know. How yeah. competent are you smoking bowls of meth? Mm-hmm. I I would say not very, but you know. 
Yeah. Um, but the realization of Krista is his shaman. Like, this is the thing that makes sense to Vera. Because, yes. you know, like, Vera is not extremely well read or educated, but, like, he... He he learns experientially, and he knows the value of having a good uh, head shrink. And uh, he he realizes that he's inadequate to be the one asking the questions and and guiding Elliot to the place he needs to be. Yeah, I did like that. The fact that you know he realizes like I I can't have this breakthrough with him. Uh, he needs to have it with his shaman, just like I did. Uh, I don't have a lot more on Act Three. Nope. Act Four is where the real meat is. Sure um, does. We start a therapy session. Sure does. What the fuck? Sure, sure. Don't let me does. get away with that shit. The meat sure does. Has a lot of meat. Sure does. Well, I guess does that actually track? I said that's where the meat is. And you said oh, sure does. See, that yeah, doesn't. Sure does. Are you hungry, Aaron? Sure does. Okay, get Jim. it done. Uh, All right, we go to Act Four, which begins with a therapy session at gunpoint. Not. I don't think the way it's usually done, uh, but I don't know. I've, I'm my, not uh, a therapy and None expert. of my therapists have ever held a gun to my head. Hmm. Maybe I should go and ask imagine for my money back. Imagine the breakthrough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah imagine how quickly. Thinking, right. That's just a stalling tactic. They're just milking you. <laughs> I'm going to break through your skull or this bullet will. <laughs> uh, Krista and Mr. Robot are extremely reluctant to get to the root of why Mr. Robot is created. Uh, Vera reads from Krista's notes on Elliot which makes Elliot curious, so he demands to know uh, why why this event, the day that he was pushed out the window by his father, was so important uh, to him. And Krista guides him to the conclusion that he was sexually abused by his father. And I have to say, get, th- this acting job is incredible. Like, Rami Malek is so good going from, like, anger and confusion to sadness and grief and like pain and uh, this you have to give it look he won a fucking Emmy for season one Uh uh-huh there's no comparison this is 10 times better than anything he did in season one oh yeah and you know he had a great dance partner with Gloria Rubin there with him um and and that's why I'm saying it was Slater and Elliot Villar like all these, everybody in this fucking scene is outstanding. I don't yeah. know how you pick a best supporting actor. Yeah. Uh, I, but that's why I'm saying, like, it's like um, Vera kept on, like, defacing this beautiful painting I was seeing. <laughs> and I, like I said, that might be kind of the point, but huh. I don't know. Um, I, 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 like I said, I don't want to bitch and moan about it, but like, yeah, every single time I was like really getting into performance. And there's also this neat technique where it's like, I felt, I felt, did not see this twist coming before this episode, but mm-hmm. like I saw it coming several a yeah. long time before Elliot did, and right. yet it still didn't feel like a lot of times when that happens, I feel impatient because mm-hmm. I'm like, geez, this is a smart character, but like the way they were playing it, this was like layers of like trauma and repression that was being broke, and it felt like you know breaking through with a hammer. Yeah, um, and, and when you've got Mr. Robot there too, saying, "Please don't do this," like, right? He's, he's not ready for this, like right? Uh, you. You, you're fighting a bigger battle here, and, and yeah. so the extra time it, it, that it takes, it, and it gave us that time to like yeah. have the realization and pick a side, and uh, and 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 join Mr. Robot and Krista being kind of scared about like yeah. the traumatic surgery that's that's happening on this guy's brain, and, uh, and, and being afraid for Elliot, right? Like, what uh-huh. is this going to do to Elliot? And and ha- I think having Vera there shouting like get this fucking done, yeah, is is a danger element. Like that that makes me scared for Elliot. Not not that uh, that Vera's going to put a bullet in its head, but what it's going to do to his fucking head when 
he finally does have this breakthrough. Yeah. And there was a last little bit of levity before we had this fall where like, uh, uh, you know, Krista makes all these valid points about what a bad idea all this is. And like Vera's one concession as well. I'll kick my two flunkies out of the room. And they're like, uh-huh. oh, I don't know, man. I kind of kind of personally invested in seeing where this goes. And <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> she, them calling uh, Krista a cabbage ass bitch or something. I, <laughs> so, I, I have no idea. I, I, that, and then that's the last that's the last grim chuckle you get out of this episode. But I'm glad it was there. I felt like them and like. I had uh-huh. I had empathy for these characters yeah. being kicked out of this room because I did not want to shut the episode off at this point. Yeah, can you imagine being like this happening in front of you and someone kicking you out? <laughs> right. Mm. And and I they hadn't even spent you know four years with Elliot, whereas we have. So yeah, it, it really worked for me. Um, and, and I I look at kind of the conclusion of this scene where you know he was being sexually abused by his father, and I start to recontextualize everything we know, and right down to the first scene of this entire series mm-hmm. where he's sitting down in Ron's coffee and busting this child predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this guy who's got a child pornography ring that he's running. That was all set up, I think, from day one. Like, mm-hmm. he knew where he... The Esmail knew where he was going with this show. And in my opinion, it shows. Yeah, why, you know... And it's it's one of those things where it seems... that's the That's the great thing about this reveal is it makes perfect sense in retrospect. It doesn't mm-hmm. force us to throw out any information that we knew before. It just it just causes us to recontextualize everything. Yeah. And like I said, I, I haven't seen them all, but I was going through a lot of threads and like looking at like, you know, different interactions with them. And there's one really arresting one where, you know, Elliot is angry at his father because he's sick and he won't admit it. Is that in the theater? I think so, yeah, because I, I the saw movie. these out of context, and I'm like, man, that's an amazing double entendre, because we're talking yeah. about, like, I still think that um, Elliot's dad had cancer. Mm-hmm. That seems to be verified by outside sources, but it so. also has a dual meaning, and, like, these, a lot of these, uh, the secrets he's asking Elliot to, to, to keep, and the things that his mom is angry about finding out, like... You know, you shuffle the car. You shuffle the cards, and you play sex abuse rather than cancer. How they're having some of these conversations, and everything takes on such a more ominous twist. And yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a minute since I've seen a twist uh, paid off. This, I guess, the first season of Westworld is like that too. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, but, but imagine if they if they had a yet another twist. Uh, and then this taking the place over character. four seasons and like everybody thinking about like, yeah. I remember having a conversation and in fact, I, I think like I even had a, okay. I remember having people conversations of like, uh, wow, imagine being Elliot's dad and dying of cancer and you got this, you know, f- psychologically tr- tr- uh, troubled child and they're being such a shit to you and mm-hmm. man, really, really throw, really threw us for a judo flip. Yeah, for sure. Um, th- there's also a line in here. Uh, when Mr. Robot realizes his usefulness is at an end, uh, he says, I can't protect you anymore. And he stands up and walks out of the room uh, or out of frame anyway. And he's not seen again. Do you think we're going to see him again now that Elliot has broken through? Uh, yeah, something that some people asked us in feedback. Um, oh, okay. I'm guessing yes, because but I don't know because like again this is where the sci-fi aspect of the psychology comes in like does Elliot is Elliot ultimately in control can he like does he have control or is this something that's 
out of his conscious control because if it's out of his conscious control whatever created mr robot to protect him could call on that again when he needs protecting or needs to be tough or i guess we could yeah. be seeing this as the integrate it would be interesting if this is the integration of like him and mr robot but then there's now a the third personality that we're going to meet right so like i guess i could see it either way played or, by christian slater <laughs> i was going to say i could also see like you know the edgy mr Ro- the, the the evil mr robot is christian slater with like a little bit of an edge mm-hmm. to him or just like you know f- more angry uh, more grimacy I, I i so yeah i don't know i i could buy either either way seems pl- seems plausible right now yeah uh i'm looking forward to future do you episodes. have a do you have a the side of the scale that you're on uh yeah i i think i'm just slightly over the edge to we will see him again because mm. i think his usefulness is more than simply cordoning off elliot's memories like you said if he needs protection i think mr robot is a perfectly fine personality to fall back on but like Varys said that like mr robot's not the scary one mr robot's the bark elliot's the bite. yeah i i almost think he wants like i would want him to have a conversation with mr robot uh about why he was needed in the first place and and why he kept things from him and like because this this episode does not directly uh it does not put elliot and mr robot directly in conflict mm-hmm. it like kind of does it with a proxy uh via krista and this therapy and i i would i guess i would like a scene between the the two actors Remy and and christian but right i, I don't know that it's necessary Th- this could be a perfectly good sign off for christian slater and i would be I would feel satisfied. It does feel like Mr. Robot and Elliot should team up against his third personality that's working against them, though. Could be. Like, yeah. I, I could see, like, even if it's the last episode and they're Depending doing... on who that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, okay, and then we get to Act 5. It's the aftermath of Elliot's breakthrough where Vera is trying to empathize with him, revealing that he was also sexually abused as a child, and steer his grief into the partnership he's been wanting for the entire season telling him that living through this pain makes him special and powerful. And just as Vera is about to get everything he wants with Elliot as his partner, Krista puts a knife in his back, killing him. I want to... And then the power cuts off sequentially. Is that? Yeah. Are you supposed to understand that that's a real thing that's happening, or is that a dramatic effect? No, I think it's a stage play dramatic effect. Because thing. this is now... Aren't we... We've got to be very close to when the Deus group is beating extremely yeah I, i'm okay so i'm, like, I'm if, gonna say it could be like 5 30 6 p.m something like that he might still have a few hours i because this starts in daylight and it right. ends in the evening and late december would be yeah, like yeah, very dark. dark like five six o'clock yeah so uh, we could be like 6 p.m he's got a few hours okay all right but, yeah i guess that's true because i was thinking like is this a synchronicity where like elliot's already missed the thing and like that the could result- also be true of the hack is that his power is getting cut. Like, I, I don't know. Or, or is this, or is this white roses countermeasure to it? Or like, I, I'm trying to think yeah. of like Deus is like, well right. guys, we lost our money. I, I don't think power, power works on. that way. You no. know, it doesn't shut off section of the room at a time. It's, right. Right. But, uh, you know, a lot of that, that's, but also, cause here's the thing. When I watched this the first time, I thought what was going to happen was that, cause you know, Krista starts to like do the therapist thing where she's now going to go into like support and, and, uh, caring for him and, and a consoling mode. And like Varric cuts her off and is like, nah, nah, this he is where that, I yeah. heal the soul. Mm-hmm. And like, he kept on, you know, again, I don't, I don't have a master of all the psychology, but like, you know, when he goes, he's, he's in wounded animal mode. And when he, and, and Varric just kept on violating his physical and emotional boundaries, which I imagine mm-hmm. is something you don't want to do to someone who's just, 
<laughs> confess this thing as they're in a vulnerable state. They felt they're feeling the vulnerability felt as a child. They're feeling that same vulnerability as an adult. And I think it's very important uh, in building them back up is like if they say something like don't touch me or stop saying these things like they're, they're, they're looking for any way that they have control. And I think a lot of well-meaning people might grab a person and be, you know, hug them and like, don't push me away. I love you. But like that's then you forcing themselves, uh, forcing yeah. yourself on them, re-traumatizing them. That's and exactly I, what Vera's doing here. Right, but, but and fast, I'm, fast I'm like, forward therapy. And but, I, I say, well, this isn't going to work, and Elliot's going yeah. to, instead of ingratiating to him, Elliot's going to see him for what he is, and he himself is going to break free. And there is a moment where he starts to do that, right? He turns to Vera, and he's like, you did that. You're the problem. But but Vera beat him, and I think yeah, I, I, my read in the situation is that Vera was, going to, was, was well on his way to getting what he wanted until yeah. Krista stepped in with the knife and I that's another thing I'm not sure how I feel about because I don't gotcha. I felt like the whole episode is telling me that Vera is not ready for this Vera mm -hmm. is not you know all this shaman meth shit is 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 going to just leave you with a stick up your ass when it comes to dealing with this and the fact that it was starting to work before at the end kind of confused me I, I I agree with your confusion I, I like I felt it too a little bit but I think they've done enough with Vera as a keenly uh insightful character like he understands people he's like intuiting it yeah he doesn't understand fucking politics and power and uh -huh. shit like that but he does understand people yeah uh at least the dark side because he's able to navigate yeah, yeah. And, and exploit the dark side and so i i kind of gave them a lot of leeway on that huh. but yeah. but i feel you it, it did feel like the, the entire episode felt very dangerous mm -hmm. for Elliot. I, I was extremely worried that he would not come out of this. And I still don't know how he's come out of this, right? Like, Because I've been, I've though, I think one of the things that's made this, this season work is there's several times where I thought, oh, they could just kill Elliot. And then this could be Darlene and Dom's story. Yeah, and I yeah. wouldn't even be mad. And mm -hmm. like, whenever I think about that, I'm like, oh shit, if Sam Elliot realizes that, then he can kill Elliot. And, you know, so it's like, so that this being the final season, it's just kind of like the final season of uh, Breaking Bad, where it's like probably mm -hmm. not, but you could kind of see where Walt would die mid-season. This turns into Jesse's story. Like I, I'm feeling that that possibility is there, and that gives these scenes juice. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Uh, so, so let me ask you this: after all is said and done here, how does this affect Elliot's? plans for the how does this affect ellie in the future period man um, that's the yeah like the hack that he's supposed to do in, in all the shit a few that's hours. happened with olivia with vera uh -huh. with krista uh and he's like maybe three hours away from the biggest hack of his life with the most powerful people in the world yep and and his sister is currently a captive he doesn't know this yet but his sister right? is like it, there's, the, there's, there's no Rose. good news it's just worse news uh, -huh. uh, uh how how I yeah you saying it this way I didn't even thought of that but like man how realistic is it going to feel if like Elliot just <laughs> fucking beasts through the next few episodes with yeah. but I don't know he's got the way to do it like if he just disassociates from the emotional side and just retreats heavily into the Mr. Robot he could probably do that it would be very damaging for him and you know maybe yeah. this they're setting him up to be a Christ figure that he's just sacrificing his fragile sanity to pull off this hack and Try to get his sister safe. Try to get, you know, society safe. I don't know. What about Krista? Do you think there's any possibility that we see Krista go along this journey with him? As his new kind of Mr. Robot, his his sort of like shaman guy. If I'm guy. Krista, I'm calling the cops uh -huh. and fuck y'all next episode. Like, cause like, <laughs> you know, like is, is, so is Krista a real person or is she an action heroine? 
because sure. if she's a real person, she just calls the cops and then says like, you know, Elliot, you can bust out of here if you want, but I'm staying here. I'm calling the cops. I'm calling my boyfriend. I'm going to cry for weeks. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> think she's she's inspired to. This isn't the who was it? The airline stewardess that the Arnold Schwarzenegger picked up in Commando is going to like oh, fire yeah. the rocket launcher in the wrong direction and have hijink. No, she's. <laughs> I think she needs to sit it out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Uh, I think this also, uh, you know, with the death of Vera. It's funny to me that everyone was speculating, and myself included, speculating that Vera is the agent of chaos, that White Rose and Philip and Deus, none of them could see coming. Nope. All that's just uh, nothing now. Yeah. Like, Vera's gone. Uh, I don't think any of the chaos he caused is going to affect the plans. So. Yeah. It's it's not gonna it's not going to hurt the white rose part of the plan it could hurt yeah. the elliot side of it but but at the same time i think they did a really good job integrating uh vera into this season mm -hmm. yeah. i think like yes the show needed him to be there to push elliot to this breakthrough that would have taken probably years with krista mm -hmm. working on it mm -hmm. uh to do it in a single the span of two hours yeah. right uh the show needed that but also I think they laid the groundwork for that with all of the stuff uh, with Vera in season two and season one, like uh, sending him to prison, having him, you know, they kind of fill in the backstory here a little well, bit. Well, the fact that they've done this all before makes and he had the, the blade right, from and his he brother. Beat him, and now he's got this newfound respect for him yeah. and worships him. Like, yeah. all of that stuff needed to be there uh, to make Vera work. And I think they did a great job laying the groundwork, even though I thought Vera was kind of not the best parts of seasons one and two mm -hmm. but it's was, kind of like you know two? how shit huh was he even in season two did he make it to season two well i thought so okay maybe not maybe he maybe not because i thought that he was there, there was some kind of thing went to after prison. the prison plot that he there was, was elliot busted him out of prison right but there wasn't that in season and then his, didn't he, he i thought he busted he like his, his brother bro yeah he, he busted his brother was his brother betrayed him with elliot uh, hmm. For for something I can't remember. Yeah, I, and then he I, had to I, kill I know his all brother. these events, but I couldn't tell you if they're season one or season two. Yeah, fair, okay. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think they did a good job with Vera. Yeah, overall. no, it's like imagine if he'd just come in at the like out of nowhere. Like I, that's one of the yeah. one criticisms. I, I feel like I'm comparing this a lot to Breaking Bad, but like one of one criticisms of the final season of Breaking Bad is that, uh, you know, you had the the neo Nazi plot, like you know, they'd spent all the good villains. So here comes the neo Nazis, and uh -huh. it's like, where did these guys come from? But They're like, no imagine guys. if Walt yeah. had tangled with them in the early days as the meth, and like season one and two, and there's history, and then they show back up. Like, yeah, that would have been so. Like, even if it wasn't the strongest stuff, like having that foundation makes this so much better than if he just like some random weirdo from the Dominican Republic comes up mm -hmm. talking a bunch of shit. You and know. yet I also felt like this episode could just have been a film to itself. Like yep. you could take this, put another 30 minutes into it and have an extremely satisfying stage play, an yeah. extremely satisfying yeah. film. Yeah, I probably I've seen some what the fuck film projects, but there's also like that there there is a lot of the history that makes it work, like a lot of like the and I also props to Mr. Robot cuz I think a lot a lesser show speaking of the art and the questionable choices would have like filled that scene with Rami Malek losing his mind with a bunch of flashbacks to like all yeah, the scenes yeah. that were mentally re you know, all the times his father touched him on the shoulder and smiled like, and, and they didn't, they trusted us to know like, 
to yeah. be right there with Elliot. Like, oh my God, let's. Uh, yeah, you know. there's got to be a solid three minutes that the camera is just on Elliot, mm-hmm. and and we never cut away from him. And yeah. those are some of the most powerful moments in the entire series. Voodoo. <laughs> I don't Voodoo know how do is it. what these people do. Uh, I also want to give props to USA as uh-huh. a network for just having the balls to run a, an ad-free episode of television. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they're doing it for the prestige. I know they're doing it for the future of their network and the ads they will sell in coming seasons of other shows. Uh-huh. But it's I, I still think it takes a certain amount of like faith in a creator, faith in the art, in order to run this and say, we're not going to make any money off of this episode. Mm. You sure it's not a cynical play for the hearts of viewers in this age of big giant conglomerates and Disney oh, exactly. Plus and HBO Max and and Hulu fuck you that's like, hey, remember yeah. we ran the entirety of episode seven, Mr. Robot, that commercial interruptions consumer. Yeah. We're uh, one of the good guys. They're banking goodwill <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. But also it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's no, no it worked. Did. It worked noted. on me, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has value, <laughs> just like the b- barrel yeah. of oil. Like, now I got to go watch Billions. God damn uh-huh. it. <laughs> Suits, maybe, too. I I can't. I don't know. Uh, let's get into feedback. Uh, feedback you can be can be sent to robot at baldmove.com, uh, or you can talk with uh, your fellow fans on our forums, forums.robot, forums.baldmove.com. Sorry. Uh, AV's up first. Just an FYI that Olivia is played by Dominic Garcia Lorido, which happens to be the actor Andy Garcia's daughter. Am I seeing a pattern here? Meryl Streep's daughter, Andy Garcia's daughter. Some fucking Hollywood nepotism going on in here. What the hell? Um, oh, yeah. yeah, well, it's like, uh, it's a fun little game to see anyone that you think is really amazing, like artist, uh, uh, like a musician or an actor that comes out of nowhere. Look up their parents. Almost they're always famous, rich, yeah. or a combination of both. Yeah. Because you think Nicolas Cage got to where he is. Yeah, when especially when they're real young and they're that good. Like yeah. that's a person that has been honing their craft for a lot longer than high school drama class, you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. So doesn't doesn't surprise me that she was amazing then. Uh also, did you know that Rami Malik has a twin? He has an identical twin brother named Sammy and they look exactly the same. I'm mortally certain Bullshit. that this comes up every other se- season of Mr. Robot and it always blows me the fuck away. Like his brother is just a little bit chubbier, just like a, got a little bit more flesh on his bones. Otherwise, yeah, they're the same fucking person. Do you yeah. think there's? Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him. Pretty, pretty damn similar. Is there any kind of like ha- Linda Hamilton type of, uh, uh, you know, like what they did with the Terminator Two with her twin? Yeah. Do you think they're going to do anything fun with that uh, identical twin possibility? They can, oh, they, they can do That's Mr. The Robot two fucking thing I need. Mr. Is, Robot two places at once without green screen. Yeah, his third personality, his third alter is his brother, <laughs> Sammy Malik. Thick robot. I, I I find it hilarious that they're named Rami and Sammy. Yeah, also, and spelled R A M I S A M. Parents are insane. Yeah. Insane playing with that kind of fire. Uh, I'm glad I got parents that didn't name me or name my brother exactly like one letter off from my Jim name. and Bim. Yeah, Jim and Finn. Dim. Uh, <laughs> Christopher writes in and wants to know if we think that Elliot actually spiked Olivia's drink. He says, I know it's implied that he did, but there's no proof that it happened. If it happens, it happened off screen. And like other blackmail threats, it's best if the threat isn't as bad as it could have been. No, I think he did. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's also one of those things where I don't think it matters. You know, um, the, 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 the blackmail works the exact same way regardless. So... Yeah, but I think he did. Uh, yeah. A, if he didn't, it removes the emotional punch from the scenes where she's calling him out mm-hmm. on it. 
uh, and B, I would think Olivia as a former drug abuser would know the feeling. Sure. And she would say, you didn't drug me. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I feel nothing right now. Yeah, it's like she's not your 13-year-old kid sister you're going to sell oregano to and say it's weed, right. you know? Like, no, nah, I'm not this this is some shitty product, man. Yeah. Uh Connor, do you think that we are given two seasons crammed into one for this final season? Uh I love what they've done with this final season, but can't help but wonder if it would have been better to space out the Vera plot and the Dark Army White Rose arcs into separate seasons. In general, I think that media is ruined by stretching it out rather than compressing it there's a few times where like stuff's been butchered Mm -hmm. um but i think and and i think mr robot already in the first three seasons had a little bit of fat on their bones i I guess from that standpoint i'm glad that if that was a debate that they're doing it in the one slightly maximum season then you know splitting it off in the vera season and the white rose season yeah i'm with you I, i think season two was the the worst of Mr. Robot for me. Yeah. And it was also the slowest. It Mm -hmm. didn't move the plot ahead very much. Um, So yeah, everything they're doing uh, to push the plot ahead forward is working in season four. Uh, Dan in Connecticut at about an hour into your season four, episode two podcast, you're wondering if S mail writing himself in the show as God. Uh, And I immediately thought of breakfast of champions. This is a book about free will and it closes with Kurt Vonnegut entering the story as the author slash God to speak to one of his characters. Spoiler alert. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's been done and it can work. You got to trust an S mail. Then I wondered if he seeded the show with any references to breakfast. I just finished rewatching the entire show, searching for Vonnegut <laughs> books on shelves, and I found an extremely overt reference. Breakfast is set in Midland City, which is the name of Ray's website. Ray, of course, being the huh. uh, what do you call that the, the, with renal failure, where you have to have your dialysis. He's the dialysis office guy. space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or exactly. not office space, the office. Ex- yeah, exactly. Uh, right, so. Hero to the pod or to the to the show here, watching the whole thing, looking for Kirk Vonnegut references, and found one, exactly one, one. Breakfast of Champion reference. Okay, okay. So, Deborah, from some reason, I had this gut instinct to go back and watch the '90s sitcom they did at the beginning of season two, episode seven, which always seemed off to me somehow. Uh, like it was really about, or it was supposed to be about the Tyrell and Elliot plot, even though it seemed like it did not. In light of tonight's episode, if you watch that sitcom section, this script becomes extra creepy. Uh, like for starters, mm. the theme song lyrics. Imagine yourself in a world numb with pain where the crazies believe in their twisted love or the dad telling Elliot that he's imagining the body in front of him, a.k.a. the baggage that's been hidden in the trunk all along. And Elliot screaming, he's right in front of us. We're staring at him. Am I the only one? Is that batshit crazy? The dad saying it'll feel good if you let it. The dad basically forcing Elliot to throw the baggage back in the trunk. The dad mm. saying, son, I know your gut's saying not to trust me, but why don't you just try going along with it? In context of today's episode, there's uh, this moment where Ellie gets super quiet and then talks about his family vacation was the moment that he got buried. Yeah, I mm. I think that there's going to be a cottage industry on Reddit and on our forums and elsewhere of people going back and mining all of these yeah. like very in light of the current episode dark moments and uh, yeah, everyone that gets surfaced makes the reveal that much more impressive. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis has a dissent, uh, uh, dissenting opinion this episode. I'm not a fan of this season's structure or pacing. I'm more than halfway done with the season and still have a ton of White Rose and third alter ego stuff to get through. And then Esmail dumps this episode on us. For me, I could understand Edward Alderson being abusive, but being a pedophile seems out of left field to me. It feels like something created for season four than retcon to fit the series as a whole. It could be 
Um, and yes, it does feel out of left field, but it's kind of like Bruce Willis is a ghost at the uh, end of Sixth Sense left field. Like you didn't expect it, but you know, on further review, but there, you know, there again, I guess that's, that's, uh, cause I even said at the beginning, like either one of this could be true. This is either just an amazing reveal intended in the beginning or something that they realized was there as they were writing it. And they're trying to pass it off as the former. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was going to comment on some interview with Sam Esmail, but who knows how much credence you should into those. Uh, right. But the fact that we can go back and it's it's embedded into even so much as the very first scene of the very first episode of the show, to me, says that this has been something they've been baking the entire time. And I think, like you said, every every time somebody uncovers like another recontextualized scene not only does it make the the reveal more juicy but it makes the reveal more uh, more incredible or or more you know it it fills out the path right it shows us like oh this is the path we've been on the entire time we just didn't see it and i think that that in my mind is the impressive part and i think it's why i'm i'm not willing to say oh they just retconned this uh, Matthew K wants to take this last uh, chance to look forward and make predictions since we're not we're just past the halfway point of the season here's some questions will we see Mr. Robot again I think we talked about that mm-hmm. do Elliot Darlene or Dom live or die I'm going to guess Elliot dies Darlene and Dom live hmm. but also Elliot might die and like between Darlene and Dom I think Dom's probably the one more likely to die because it's more tragic another alternative Elliot lives Darlene lives and Dom dies (laughs) I mean Elliot living and and Darlene and Dom dying is like I don't think Elliot gives a shit about Dom but Elliot living Darlene dying is like maximum guilt yeah maximum sacrifice Mm -hmm. as as far as uh, Elliot's perspective I feel like uh, do we feel like we could get a happy ending? And what would that even look like? What would a satisfying ending look like? I feel like we kicked that around a bit. Kind of, yeah. Does the 1% get taken down after all? I would think that would be highly unrealistic. Mm-hmm. If what, whatever the outcome is, is that there is an instantly fair and equitable division of you know, economic burdens and, and boons. Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't, that seems as probable as taking over the Dominican Republic in 87 days. <laughs> Shit, maybe it's going to happen. Yeah, and, and I think like the the worst thing that we might see happen is that White Rose's plans are foiled. Well, that's the next question. Because, Does White Rose succeed or fail? Yeah, I think she probably fails. I, I think Elliot's able to pull off this hack. White Rose fails. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, is Elliot going to be brought in? Because like, White Rose wants to try and convince him that they're on the same side, right? Mm-hmm. They've got a few hours before this meeting. They surely don't know where Elliot is at this point, do they? Probably not. He was stuffed not. in a trunk, uh, dro- driven across the city. I Yeah, I can't imagine they know. How are yeah. they going to find him, get him there before the meeting, and try and convince him not to do this hack? Yeah. And how, how is Darlene going to find them without the app that she's got? Man, this is the longest Christmas day in history. Yeah. But it's going to get longer. We still got several yeah. hours before the big meet. There was, oh, Tom, our the therapist friend from Atlanta. I was something I was questioning is he actually was really impressed uh, as a therapist about how well they showed uh, this this depiction of uh, trauma response. In fact, he said it was his the most accurate depiction of a trauma response in a session I've ever seen on TV. So that mm. was interesting because like yeah. again, I I had big questions about like what 
how kind of real this stuff was and at least that part of it was real tom known for his gunpoint therapy technique yeah 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 he's he's pioneered it he's quite good at it uh it's it's, it's a shame more insurances don't pay for it because it's so <laughs> fucking effective uh, you, need, you need a combination of of mental and physical health insurance for that. <laughs> Kristen had a really long and thoughtful email, and I'm fortunately going to have to shorten on the fly. Uh, she was blown away by the rel- revelations about Elliot's past, as we all were. Um, and he, she was thinking about all the different scenes and context. And one of the things she thought was interesting was like, did Edward Alderson die of cancer? Which I think you asked as well. I'm going to say yes. I feel like that's independently verified by several outside people. Um, it's why him and Angela bonded because both of their parents worked at the same facility and died of the same cancer mm-hmm. uh you're saying that you're a little bit more open to it being uh true from a different point of view kind of thing yeah yeah uh and she also wanted to say what of the other aldersons knew the truth about what's happening between elliot and edward uh darlene i, I don't think darlene knows i think darlene's like she was too young and she just saw elliot like now she knows her her brother is psychologically disturbed and has prone to outbursts of violence like him just yep. grabbing a bat and turning on his dad jumping out a window is just like well that's elliot being elliot right. um and i so i don't think she knew the mom there's that like i gotta go see like some of these scenes like this them at sitting and talking at the hospital mm-hmm. in context uh and because- the the uh, wasn't weren't there scenes with her in the, when Elliot's in prison, right? Talking in the kitchen, yeah. And I'm I'm wondering like did you, and like also like when did she start abusing Elliot? Because you know there's a lot of weird reactions parents can have to revelations that uh, their children are being abused by their mate. You know, denial. Uh, yeah. You know, think, thinking that they're making it up and being destructive. Uh, then the father dies, and the, I I don't know. Like there's some things that I'm kind of up in the air about, but like it wouldn't. I think the mom knew, but what her reaction was to it, I'm 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 not sure mm-hmm. because I would buy that both of these parents are were abusive of Elliot in, in their way, and uh, it's it's kind of was that way from the beginning, and and maybe Elliot shielded as much as he could. Uh, uh, shielded darlene as much as he could from that but that's the feedback we got this week thanks for everybody for submitting and again i I apologize had way too much feedback that we could read in our lot of time this week uh if you'd like to try again next week i'm i i man where does the season go from here i I mean it's got to go to the hack right it's got to go to a meeting with white rose there might be one more episode where they can kind of set the table because that hack kind of feels like it might need an episode to breathe to mm-hmm. and like it's it'd be very improbable for me to believe that elliot's going to roll from this episode right into the hack without missing a beat sure and there's yeah. time like if you're right about the sundown thing there's like anywhere between 90 minutes and three hours to kill so mm-hmm. i would like to see an episode where maybe they do a little bit of table setting um and and processing of what just happened yeah but uh, we'll see we'll be back next week for another complete uh breakdown of the episode uh, until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.